Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back. Let's go right to the phone. So joining us as he does at 10 o'clock every Saturday, our good friend and one of our favorite contributors, an accomplished ice fishing angler who accomplished in everything outdoors, and he really puts emphasis on ice fishing, uh, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. Again, uh, man, you're, you're doing a great job with the welcomes this year. Yeah, I'm, I just, I'm scared to go in 2022. Yeah, well, we I had to turn over a new leaf. I was too hard on you last year. Not that you don't deserve it, but, you know, Nate, every time I think I know what I'm going to talk about on the show, the weather throws me a curve. I was going to talk more open water because everybody's itching to fish, and then it was five above at my house this morning. I tell you, Terry, I'm in Conifer. It was negative two at my house. It uh, it got cold, and literally in a week, we kind of sprouted ice kind of all over the place, and uh, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, a little bit more seasonal. I uh, I drove by Soda Lakes the other day, and the, the main lake that they water ski on that we cannot fish on, it was capped. Um, so we're seeing ice on the ponds in town, uh, evergreen kind of sprouted ice. I had, uh, you know, the ice is still obviously very, you know, varies from spot to spot, but I had ice from anywhere from four to eight inches at evergreen. Um, you know, Terry all locked up a little harder, Georgetown capped. Uh, so we're definitely seeing ice kind of all over the place. So uh, it, it's about time. I love the, the nice weather as much as anybody, but uh, it's time to get cold, and I, I think we're finally welcoming it. Yeah, and I think that even though we've got some 50, 60-degree days down here in the Front Range coming, it doesn't hit that temperature very long. The nights are still going to be cold, and even on the Front Range, we're going to start getting close, and hopefully the next cold spell start walk, locking up the front, front Range lakes. But I don't think we'll see much thawing as long as we keep reasonable wind up in the mountains. I think we can start scratching that itch to get out on the ice, ice but I, I don't want people, because of the pent-up demand, to not be safe. Don't rush out there quickly. There's going to be fishable places. There's going to give me more and more places to go. But take that spud bar with you and check the ice. I mean, that's it. Check the ice in all situations. You know, whether it's your first time on it or even if you went yesterday and you're going today, you know, obviously use a lot of caution. Uh, but I do think we have a lot of ice. The one thing I will say, uh, you know, I think we've been harping on the ice safety, so I don't want to do it too much. But one thing that we are seeing, especially in some of the mountain lakes, where we had the lake 100% capped, and then we had 100-mile-an-hour winds that shredded it and piled it up, and then it refroze. Um, so there's even spots like on Antero on the dam where it literally is like walking on Mars, jagged, sharp edges, um, and that kind of thing where all the, the ice basically all, you know, sludges together, um, and you have these, like, ice flows that refroze. Um, it makes for good ice, but anytime you have a unanimous freeze to where you're on, you know, solid, clear ice, obviously we love that. When you're on these broken shale pieces, it's hard to spud bar. It's hard to check your various depths. So, so just use caution as we had so much change in the last week uh, for good and bad. You know what I mean? We saw ice break up with the wind. We saw the extreme cold temperatures cap things good. So we kind of have a little bit of everything. But, but use caution. Uh, but I definitely think that there, there now at least is uh, ice out there that we can comfortably say is good to go. And, and we're definitely seeing a lot of great fishing for, for sure right now. 
and the last safety tip before I get into where you're going to be fishing and what you're seeing out there is also with this wind and then with these freeze-ups, we will see fractures. And those fracture lines, just be careful around those. And especially, you know, if you're, it gets thick enough where you're out with a snowmobile or an ATV, they can dump you or uh, they can be dangerous. So hey, it's going to be a year that there's going to be plenty of opportunity. Just pay close attention. So what are you, what are you seeing out there specifically? Are you fishing some of the lakes? What's going on? I am, Terry, yeah. So, so we got a lot of great stuff happening, a lot of good fishability. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing I'd say as far as in our kind of world of our main lakes that we're fishing um, is like 11 miles probably the trickiest just for the fact that it's such a big, vast body of water. So edges are frozen, coves are frozen, um, that kind of thing. As far as like the unanimous whole lake thing, no. Um, but so again, 11 miles kind of the touchier one that I'd say you really have to use caution if you're going up there. Uh, but as far as more of the mainstays, Antero, um, you know, it, it again had kind of some spottiness to it, but, but right now we're, we're capped very good. Um, I'd still, you know, obviously use extreme caution. We're spending most of our time on the south side. Um, if I were going to break it down, I would say fish far north or fish far south. Um, that's going to bring on the best ice and the best fishing. So it's kind of a, a good concept of both theories there. Um, and, you know, Terry, just as of this week, our fish kind of spread out. At that very early ice, we were sitting in it's super shallow water, two to four feet of water, catching big fish, catching numbers of fish. Um, and as of this week, we are now catching them across the board. I has been up in shallow water, sitting in three, four feet of water, still catching real big rainbows. Uh, Josh said he made a mission to just fish deep water. He was fishing like eight to 11 feet. His primary focus was 10 feet, and he just absolutely pounded on fishing that deeper water. Um, so it seems like we have fish all over the place. If you are sitting in that deeper water, try to be somewhat near a, a weed line or a drop off you know try to be on something to where you have a lot of, a lot of freshwater shrimp a lot of bug life and that's going to draw those fish to you uh and in the shallow water same type thing try to be in a situation where those fish are funneling by you funneling to you uh but antero is, is definitely got a great bite so if you're looking for some good fish some numbers of fish um that bite is going i will say that it, it's kind of traditional antero um when you're on the fish, you are catching the fish. If you're not seeing fish, marking fish fairly frequently, I would keep moving. Um, I talked to a lot of anglers that kind of parked in one spot, and they caught fish through the course of the day, but by no means would I say they were they were hammering on fish or, or catching a lot of fish. Um, so no. this is one of those things that I would give that bite 20 minutes. If you're not seeing fish come over on the graph or visually see them through sight fishing, um, but if you don't have fairly regular and active fish pretty quickly, um, I would keep moving. I would move, move, move until you have really steady action because when we get on these fish, um, they're coming through very regularly and very consistent. So I would, I would really put a focus on covering water, covering ground until you find those fish, and then you're going to have a great day on the water. Um, on and we're on still end. doing better. Yep. I was going to say on Antero before we move on to other bodies of water. What techniques? Are you using different presentations, shallow versus deep, same presentation, and what are you using? Right now, Terry, we are still all reaction, and I'm not saying to people that's the only way. It's a style of fishing that we've really fell in love with over the last couple, 
probably two to three years. Um, and it's a way for us to really call in more fish. It's a way for us to, to catch bigger fish. Um, so we are out there. We're running one rod um, as opposed to a traditional. You look at my, my 20 years of experience at Intero, and usually we're always two rods, you know, a bobber with a still presentation then a soft plastic on the other and working them. Um, we're very, very aggressively running rattle baits. So we're running like lipless crankbaits, rattle baits, um, you know, very, very, you know, just crazy action, heavy vibration, a lot of movement, bright colors. Um, and we're working those baits all over the water column. If I'm in that shallow water in that two to five feet, um, I'm working them, you know, just off bottom. If I'm in that deeper water, eight, 10 feet, 12 feet, we're catching fish from on the bottom to two feet below the ice. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I think the average angler is missing. Everybody is fishing so low. In this situation, work the entire water column. You know, drop a bait down, work it on bottom. You're doing, you know, 12-inch strokes. And if you don't see fish, come up two feet, come up two feet, come up two feet to where you're right below the ice. And just work the entire column and let the fish tell you where they want to be, where they're seeing the bait. Um, but, but that's how we've been fishing, almost all of us. We're very heavily on, on the reactionary baits. So again, it's all just rattle bait. Um, and we're using bright colors, oranges, pinks, white. Uh, so brighter colors in those rattle baits. We're not tipping it with any sort of attractant, so no waxworms, no mealworms, um, and it's catching us a lot of fish. And I will say we are seeing slightly bigger fish on the rattle baits than some of our softer plastics. Now, when we get into a lot of the younger fish, if you happen to run into school of those, you know, 12, 13-inch stalkers, um, I wouldn't say that every one of those hits the rattle baits. A good portion of them do, uh, but not 100%, as to where if you're using a small tube jig a small plastic you know those young fish just go crazy for it but on those bigger fish those 15 16 inches up to those mid 20 inch fish um they get near that rattle bait and they they flat out clobber it so so that's kind of our technique for antero right now that's doing very well well another thing too nate when you're doing the reaction baits you know you start getting just below the ice you're not going to see anything on your electronics your cone is tiny and that gives you a chance to bring those fish in while you're drawing them and hit them with that same presentation you don't have time to change your stroke because you re unless you're sight fishing you don't even know they're there let's move on from Ontario what else you see in yeah I'd love to talk about kind of Terry all and more just the the concept of catching a lot of fish Terry all obviously takes a lot of abuse it's early ice everybody knows it freezes quick um, same thing like evergreen what we're seeing on evergreen and Terry all with our younger fish right now it's kind of the exact opposite of, of what we're seeing at Antero with a reaction bait, heavy movement. At Terriol and at uh, Evergreen, I'm using very small jigs. So we're switching over to tungsten jigs so we can have a small presentation but still have quite a bit of weight. Um, so I'm taking just small tungsten jigs, almost just hard jigs, um, and I'm tipping them with a waxworm or a small piece of shrimp. Um, and I am keeping these baits extremely low in that water column. Um, it's hard to say. You have different theories. Some people just say those younger fish feel more comfortable low in the water column. Other people say any lakes that have major predators, like a, Evergreen has tiger muskie, Terriol has pike. Um, either way, these fish seem to be very low in the water column, uh, as opposed to if I literally pull my bait a foot off bottom, I'm seeing these fish on the graph come up about six, seven inches and then going back down to bottom and not even wanting to commit to a foot off bottom. So I'm placing my baits four, six inches off bottom. I am using movement, but very subtle. So I'm actually fishing on a slip bobber and I'm just barely rocking that bobber. So barely moving that jig, maybe an inch or two and then setting still. So maybe set still for five, six seconds and then wiggle it for two, three seconds. Let it sit still for a little bit and then wiggle it a little bit, but very soft movement, 
very low in the water column, and that's hands down catching us our most fish um, at both like Terriol and, and Evergreen, kind of the more stalker-style fisheries. Um, but we're catching a lot of fish, but heavy movement was definitely deterring these fish and taking that bait fairly high off the bottom was definitely deterring these fish. And it was weird to see early ice to see the fish this particular. Um, so it's hard to say if that will continue or if it'll change. But, but the biggest thing is, again, focus on what you're doing. Focus on what the fish want. If they want that minimal movement, continue to do it. Because by working the bait too aggressively, it was definitely pushing the fish away um, and decreasing your odds of success. You know, one of the things that I want to, uh, Dave Gens and I were talking about this just a couple weeks ago, uh, as far as the tungsten versus the lead and we all know the tungsten gets you down there faster it stays more stationary it doesn't move around as much but at times he thinks sometimes we use tungsten like in the situation you're talking right now where maybe a lead jig that doesn't that falls a little slower within that strike zone might give you an edge have you tried that at all you know, Terry, I have. Our biggest thing, I would say, is getting the bait down. So when I wiggle it on the bobber, when it falls slow, we're not feeling the bait. Um, so it's more just a derived from a particular technique. So we're still fishing it as a bobber. So we're you know, lifting the bobber stop out of the bobber, wiggling it, and then setting it down. And we're waiting for that bobber to move before setting the hook. So that's why I like the tungsten to get that line straight again so I can see the bobber move. As opposed to if I was just fishing it on a rod, so not on a bobber, where I was holding it and moving it, I think the lead would be better. Because like you said, in that you know, one, two-inch little slow up and down, it would have that slower fall increasing your takes. Um, and you'd feel it then because you'd have a tight line. So if we're fishing on a bobber, I'm looking for that heavy return. Um, but that's a great concept. So I do agree that in almost all situations, so many of your takes come on the fall. And with a lot of lead or tungsten, anything you know, you know, heavy on the weight side, um, those faster falls don't necessarily mean more fish. Um, the last thing I, I, I want to ask you about technique is line. I know we've covered this. You know, I, I had this Masters of Ice Fishing with you and Dave Gens and Steve Panaz and Bo Brosdahl, and we went through a, a lot of techniques and equipment, Greg Claudio. Everybody disagreed on line. Now, what do you like to use for fishing? <clears throat> you know, it, it's I, I'm mono and I'm floral. I don't use any super line. So at no point will you find me a super line on the ice. We kind of throw that one out there. And then it really comes down to technique. So if I, I like mono for a couple of reasons. Number one, I love the stretch. When I'm running a 28 to 36-inch rod for trout, for walleye, for anything, you never have enough rod to really 100% capitalize on all the fish. You lose fish when they shake their head because you don't have enough rod to absorb head shakes and absorb the fish fighting. So any time that I can run mono, I gain stretch. And it's unbelievable how many more fish I catch on the mono. Now, the only things I don't use mono for, if I'm heavy reaction bait fishing, so whether that's a jigging wrap, whether it's a tikka minnow, a, a blade bait, some of these lipless baits that we're talking about, if I'm really stroking a bait hard and I want a nice flutter down, sometimes that mono is too soft and the bait will constantly foul up on me. So if my bait's fouling, I need to go to a stiffer line so the bait can flutter and my line stays out of the way and does not create a coil. Um, so in the heavy reactionary style, I'm fishing fluorocarbon. So my reaction rods are fluoro, four, six, or 10-pound. Um, so, you know, I'd be using four-pound for some of my trout, six for my bigger trout and my walleye, uh, and then I use 10-pound for my lake trout. Um, and then on the mono side, I am pretty much exclusively four-pound. Um, I can land, you know, giant walleyes on that four-pound. The mono is extremely strong. Um, 
and that's it. So the mono gives me stretch and gives me that really slow fall, which I love. Uh, the fluorocarbon gives me stiffness for working those reaction baits. So it just comes down to those two, uh, and it's a, it's a winning situation. Nate, we're out of time, but real quick, what do you got coming up? Yo, Terry, we are excited. We've launched and announced our ice addiction events, so we're so excited. we got some huge title partnerships. So Colorado Cabin Adventures out of Grand Lake is title sponsoring that event. So Grand Lake is brought to you by Colorado Cabin Adventures, and they are putting up $7,500 cash for that first place prize. So first place prize at all the ice addiction events this year is $7,500 cash. Uh, we have a ton of other title partnerships. We have Bass Pros and Cabela's and, and a bunch of great opportunities here. So huge payouts we've kind of announced this week at ice addiction tickets are on sale so make sure everybody goes to our website tightlandoutdoors.com uh blue mesa is freezing quickly so we are we are a go for all of our events uh so i would just encourage everybody don't hesitate grab those tickets makes a great christmas gift stocking stuffer uh but again huge payout seven thousand five hundred dollars to all ice addiction events so get your tickets soon because the sooner you get tickets the sooner you get on the ice at the event all right my friend we have to let you go and i promise not to be so nice to you the rest of the year <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Nate Zielinski. We're this is, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're broadcasting live from Jack's Outdoor Gear and Farm and Ranch in Loveland. Stop by and say hi. We're at the one that's at the corner of Wilson and Eisenhower. The West Store used to be a Kmart. We'll be here till 11. I'll stay a few minutes after. Stop by and say hi to us. And when we come back, I might tell you about a chance to win a $25 gift card right here to help you with your shopping at Jack's. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and T-Mobile at 104.3 The Fan. You're pushing all the right buttons, Ty. I love the Eagles. One of my all-time favorite groups influenced my music a lot. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. We are broadcasting live from Jack's Outdoor Gear and Farm and Ranch in Loveland. We're on the, the store that's on the east, uh, west side of town, rather, as you're going out of town. Uh, Wilson and Eisenhower, or Wilson and 34 would be the corner. And we are, um, it's a, we used to be a Kmart, but it's a huge, sprawling store full of not just outdoor gear. We had Julie on. Uh, from the store earlier and she went over they have blankets and shoes and they have toys for kids and games and and all quality merchandise just and anything you can imagine for outdoors and farming but we're going to focus oh and by the way my friends from t-mobile are here and they're offering uh incredible sales on phones and plans and their new in-home internet and they've got some specials just for this appearance so you may want to uh stop by and talk to all of us but right now, we're going to focus on some gifts for the fishing enthusiast in your family. And joining me from the fishing department is Casey Prather. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Terry. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's just, you know, every time I think I know what I want to talk about, the weather changes. But it's been a crazy year. Uh, people are itching to get on the ice. I want to talk about ice fishing gifts uh, for Christmas. It's, you know, you guys have got plenty. It's a great time because we got most of the ice fishing season ahead of us yet. Yes. And I want to talk to you about fly fishing, too, because we've got... We've continued to have good fly fishing right over our right shoulder. If you look down the road, yeah. the Big Thompson River is a tailwater, and I've had some of my best fishing ever on that river right in the middle of winter on a cold stretch. So oh, yeah, the tailwater is a great but, stretch. But, you know, I, I've, been, I've been telling people Jack's is such a great place to shop because the quality of the merchandise and the quality of the experience. You're busy, but you're not overwhelmed with huge crowds. And at the same time, you've got knowledgeable people like yourself in every department 
to help you make a choice, and you have good brands. You guys don't bring in a lot of junk just to get Christmas sales. You bring in good brands, good quality merchandise, so when people buy, they know they're getting something that is going to last, and it's, it's, it's a good piece of equipment. And also, you've got knowledgeable people like yourself helping them pick that out. Let's take ice fishing. We talked about ice fishing. I'm coming in. I have an ice, fi- an ice angler in my family, or maybe it's me, or maybe I don't know exactly what they want. What can you offer? How much do I have to spend? And, of course, you can spend as much as you want. We want them to spend a lot. That's the, but what, what do you've got for the ice fishermen here? Oh, you know, we can get them started with uh, jigs and... Um, you know, lure setups as low as a couple dollars. Um, you know, you get into rods starting around ten dollars. We got a little bit of the eagle claw stuff on sale right now, and then you can just move up from there. So yeah. this guy, this could kind of go through a list. You got rods. You could start with stocking stuffers like just lures and and spend you know, just a few bucks and and really have something good and they're easy to pick out and almost everybody will use them. But now as I'm getting into the rods, give me a range of what. What you know? What I you said I can get started at ten, but I probably can spend quite a bit more if I want to. Yeah, we've got a um, little bit higher quality rods. They're going to have a little more sensitivity to them, um, all the way up into that thirty to sixty, seventy dollar range. Then that's one thing about ice fishing is you know a lot of fishermen, and we're going to talk fly rods in a minute. Um, but a lot of fishermen will spend a couple hundred dollars on a nice rod and reel. And on fly fishing, certainly they'll spend that at times. But ice fishermen can have quality setups without having to spend that kind of money. Absolutely, yeah. You know, depending on what you're looking to get into, um, you know, anything in that 10 15 to $30 range could, uh, you know, be a great setup for most anybody out there. And you don't necessarily, you can use a lot of your summer reels. You know, you can buy a rod. You know, you want a shorter rod. You're getting close to the hole. You're maneuvering. You might be inside a shelter. Not that you can't fish with your long rods through the ice, but it's awkward. It's difficult. But then you can either take some reels off your summer and put them on a rod, or you can build your own combinations. You guys have a great selection. And mostly we see spinning reels, but we're seeing a lot of the new inline reels too. Yes, yes. We just brought in uh, a bunch of the inline reels. We've got quite a few different options in stock right now. Well, one of the things with the inline reels, and I haven't fished them a lot, I'm going to be honest with people, uh, we did a lot of testing filming people like Dave Gens and myself, Doug Stangy. We did a lot of underwater video testing this, and a spinning rod always puts a little twist in the mm-hmm. line. And when you get that a horizontal hanging jig and it starts to spin in the water, the fish don't like that. And it really cuts down on the number of bites, so you've got to get those loops out of your line, that twist out of your line. The inline reels, very much like a bait caster, wind it on and wind it off so they don't put that twist in there. Now you can still get twist from jigging action and things, Mm -hmm. but you eliminate a lot of that. What kind of price do I have to spend to get into an inline reel? Uh, We've got inlines that start right around that $20, $25 point. Wow, that's amazing. And, of course, they can get expensive, but they've got incredible drags on them. Yes. And they've got... uh, gear ratios now so you're taking up more line when they first came out it was like winding a fly reel and uh-huh. you, if you were more than about five feet deep it was hard to take the line up but they've really come so far a lot of people swear by them uh, and i'm still using a lot of spinning reels if i want i get a spinning reel one of my favorites is some of the fluger spinning reels like yes. because they make some great reels for the price Do you guys have those yeah yeah you know we uh start in that try on range and we've got a full line of the president series as that well president series for about 50 60 bucks a year-round reel that's it's got like 10 ball bearings it's going to last you you know you can get started with a small combo and then eventually you replace the reel because they wear out they've got bushings instead of bearings 
for 50, 60 bucks, you get into those Fluger reels, and for the average angler, they're going to get years of use out of them. What about, let's move on. Anything else in ice fishing you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, you know, um, we've got a full line of the Eskimo stuff in. So, um, you know, for the guys who get a little cold out there, we've got some of the pop-up tents, uh, like the Quick Fish 3 that starts around the $200 mark. Um, and then with, with Eskimo, you know, we've got the gas augers. Um, the gas augers kind of start in that 350 range um, and move up towards the five $600 range for the electric augers, like the ions and such. And that, um, that electric auger, those things are really taken off. They're yeah. just, they've gotten so good. Oh, they have. My yeah. next power auger is definitely going to be electric. And then, of course, for people just getting started, you have hand augers. You know, folks, a six-inch hand auger for most of the, until you get up for the lake trout and pike and the big, thick ice, most rainbow trout fishing and through a foot or less of ice, uh, a six-inch hand auger is so easy to carry, and it cuts so quick you don't need a power auger. Exactly. What do you need to spend to get into, like, a six-inch auger, Neil? Uh, I think it's right around $40. Yeah, so you can get really started inexpensively. Anything else before we move on to fly fishing? Um, you know, uh, the jet sleds to carry everything along. Yep. Um, and then one other thing I'll just throw out there, uh, you know, Plano boxes. Um you know, everything from the packs to the individual boxes where you try to organize your jigs and such. And currently we have all the Plano boxes 25% off. Wow, that's great. Oh, and flashers. Electronics are so important for ice fishing. And you have an array of, I think, Garmin and Humminbird? Yeah, yeah. We carry a little bit from Humminbird and then a couple different models from Garmin. And uh, they start around 250 And those are two of the leaders in ice fishing electronics. Both really good, uh, really, really good uh, opportunities. Let's move to fly fishing while we've got some time here yet. Yeah. And, let's, and so, I, you know, first of all, there's going to be good fly fishing throughout the winter. But fly fishermen love equipment, and they love they love so many little things. I mean, you can buy leader and tippet, right? I mean, yeah, you can oh, spend. Yeah. You can once again, you can start spending almost nothing, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And even the fly fisherman who you know everybody thinks has everything, uh, simple things like leaders and tippet, floating. Uh, you know, those are things that we need all the time and are continuously replenishing. So uh, great gift ideas, uh, amazing stocking stuffers. I know you're an avid fly fisherman yourself. By the way, before we go on to some more gifts, if you're listening to me right now, the next person that comes in the door and says, I heard Terry talking to Casey about ice fishing and fly fishing, find the lady in the Santa Claus red shirt the first one to come in, she's got a $25 gift card for you to help you with your Christmas shopping. So if you're driving by and you go buy this this Jack's Outdoor gear, come by and, and get it. So we're going to go on. So let's go to fly fishing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we touched base a little bit on the leaders, tippets, um, you know, forceps, floatant. Um, you know, you can even get into some of the smaller fly boxes that are in that under $20 range that... You know, great stocking stuffers. Around fly boxes, do you like the compartmentalized where they're loose, or do you like the foam where they stick in? Uh, for the most part, I, I either like the silicone or the foam. Um, with and, and I like that because I tend to carry a lot more flies than any person would ever need. Um, you know, it and they just get helps messed them. together. Yes, yes. I it, dumped a whole compartmentalized box in the river once up in Rocky Mountain National uh -huh. Park, and I got the best drifts I've ever had. Oh, Because all sure. the fish were hitting them. But <laughs> fly boxes are always great, because fly fishermen are going to keep buying boxes, are going to keep buying more. And 
and and so but now let's say i've got a beginner or even advanced because you guys have from beginning to some very advanced equipment suppose it's a fly angler and there's somebody's looking to help them or they're looking for themselves what could they have how do i get started what do i have to spend and what what can I get if I want to get more advanced? Uh, you know, around $200 will get you about everything you need to get yourself started on the water. Um, you know, you can get into a combo, uh, which is going to have rod, reel, line, uh, backing, leader, the whole lot. Um, and then, you know, a handful of flies. Uh, I'm guilty of carrying a lot more flies than what I need to. But realistically, you know, you could, you could carry around 12 patterns most times of the year. And, you know, be set up for success anywhere you went. I'll, I'll tell you one of my feelings is that for a, especially a beginning angler, too many is worse than not enough because you're too busy changing and trying to second guess your decision. And a high-end, super-fast fly rod is not forgiving enough for them to learn to cast. Okay. I think that those not cheap but those little less expensive medium action fly rods like you get maybe a reddington kit is one yeah, you have absolutely those have such great action even now i like casting those because i don't fly fish just exclusively i do everything and it helps me with my stroke where well, your stroke has to be you get and what do you carry orvis uh yeah we carry orvis uh reddington temple fork outfitters uh saint croix so you've got a, a wide range. I mean, you could start with, you said, probably $150 and go up to over 1000 if you want. Oh, absolutely. But for the beginning fly angler, those kits, those rods used to be they were clumsy fiberglass rods that, yep. that you couldn't, no one could actually fish with. Now they're actually nice rods with a good action, and, a, and it's a very forgiving Real quick, we got a couple minutes. What else in fly fishing? Um, you know, we like to support our Colorado companies here at Jack's. So, uh, you know, we carry a full line of the Rep Your Water hats um, and then uh, a ton of stuff from Fish Pond. Uh, everything from packs to uh, their nets have become really popular in the last couple of years. Um, as well as, uh, you know, one of the other things is uh, they work with Rio. Uh, fly lines and they've created this preloaded tippet holder uh, that we sell so it's going to have um, you know a, a array of tippet um, you know depending on your heavy stuff or your light stuff and it comes all rigged up ready to go on its own holder all right well i think we're out of time we could keep going but you're going to be in the store today yes and there's always somebody knowledgeable in that department and if just come in people they're going to help you pick out the right ice fishing, the right fly, well, any fishing gear, any gear for any outdoor enthusiast here at Jack's. Come in and take advantage of that. Casey, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Terry. Always a pleasure. You bet. That's Casey Prather. Now, remember, anybody who comes in between now and 11 o'clock and said they heard me talking to Casey, go to the lady in the Santa Claus red shirt. You got it? Oh, it's somebody got it already. All right. Good for them. So we gave it away. But we still have a lot of other giveaways. Our gift certificate is gone, but we have T-Mobile's here with hand sanitizer and gloves that you can actually use to work your phone. The fingertips work. And we've got some uh, cozies here from Jack's, some stickers, some little tattoos for the kids. So we got a lot of stuff going on. Stop by and see. I'll be here till a little bit after 11. T-Mobile will be here till noon. We're going to take a time out. We come back. We're going to tell you how to pick out the right rod and reel setup for a beginning angler right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. All right, let's go right to the phones. And joining us as he does on a regular basis from the Fishful Thinker group is Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. 
Hey, good morning, Terry. Hey, it was, uh, I was a little brisk at my house this morning. How were you? Uh, it's freezing cold out, but ironically, here it is, what, December, what is it, the 18th or 19th, something like that, and I've been watching a black bear move around the hillside on and off all morning. So uh, freezing cold, but didn't slow him down. Yeah, I tell you what, it's a, everything's kind of out of whack. As long as I know you want to talk about Christmas gift ideas, but before we do that, what is horse tooth freezing up? I mean, typically there's some open water fishing available through a good part of the winter, not from a boat, but from shore. What are you seeing there? Uh, yeah, it's wide open, Terry. Um, you know, th- this morning for the first time, there's a, you know, maybe a, a, a foot wide band of some rim ice around the edge of the bay here behind the house. But for the most part, the lake's wide open, uh, fishing fairly well from the bank. So, yeah, definitely no reason to knock it out. I think they're calling for like 50 degrees tomorrow. It'll be an excellent day to get out. And uh, anywhere in South Bay, people should be able to catch some trout for sure. Oh, yeah, and, you know, there's there's walleyes and bass available there, too, of course. But the trout really come into their own in that lake. It's like a lot of the Front Range reservoirs where people don't catch a lot of trout during the summer when the water's warmer because they're deep and away from shore. But once that water cools, it uh, horse tooth, they've put a lot of trout in it recently. Yeah, they have, and I'd actually like to thank uh, thank the guys at CPW for that. They they came to me last year and said, hey, you know, what do you think? Should we invest some more trout into this lake or not? You know, are they really returning to Creel? Are people catching them? And we had a big, long debate about it, and, uh, and yeah, the, the agreement was that they were, and so the managing biologist was able to procure some of them, and uh, they got a bunch of them put in here in the spring and the fall, and now for sure they are returning. Like I said, if you walk the banks of South Bay right now, fish high in the water column, you won't have any problem catching some. All right. You wanted to help some of the people with Christmas gift ideas. So <clears throat> throw a few things at me. What are you thinking for the beginning fisherman or angler or even the experience? What are some Christmas gift ideas for the fishermen in your family? Well, there's one one thing that's a pet peeve of mine. I spent five years working behind a fishing counter. And, and the thing that I want people to not do, let's say you have a young angler on your list that's somewhere between about 6 and 12 years old. Uh, maybe even five. Please don't underestimate the importance of the length in a fishing rod. I, I one time was teaching a little girl about five years old how to fish, and she had a Snoopy rod, and she kept swinging on these bluegills that were, were yanking her bobber under, and she missed every one of them. So me, as a, as a pro angler, I'm going to show her how to do it, right? So I grabbed that little Snoopy rod from her, and I tried to set the hook on these bluegills, and I missed them as well. And what I figured out is the little tiny two-and-a-half-foot fishing rod just flat doesn't move enough line. And so you can't – it's a very low percentage chance that you're going to have a, a quality experience with that versus something that's maybe four, four-and-a-half feet long. So if, if your kid's three years old, great, get him a Snoopy rod. But if you actually want him to fish a little bit, I think your better bet is to go with something like a, a Shakespeare uh, – a little micro kit and the reason being is the Shakespeare like micro series it's an actual uh basically a spin cast reel so instead of a thumb button on there like you think of a traditional you know a zebco or whatever we all learned on uh with the thumb button it's got the finger trigger and the the front finger same as you're going to use for a spinning rod so the transition from the kids' rod to the to the more adult or, or traditional open face spinning reel is much easier when a kid learns on a trigger rod versus a thumb button rod, and so that Shakespeare uh, micro series it's four and a half feet long. It's got the little underspin lever. Uh, 
it's very light powered and uh, and it's just a perfect all around combo for a kid that's six, seven, eight years old to be, actually be able to catch some fish and go from there. And here's the other thing that's good about that: because the rod is designed to have the reel on the bottom, when Junior outgrows that that reel, that that undercast reel or underspin reel, he can then put a conventional spinning reel on it, an open face spinning reel on it, and keep using the same rod. So it's a very natural transition up through the, you know, through the ranks as the child progresses. So I think something along the lines of an underspin and a four and a half foot rod is a good choice. Uh, it's very hard to go wrong with anything in the Shakespeare family uh, in terms of ugly sticks and things like that for kids as well because of their durability component of it. But just avoid a two and a half foot long fishing rod. That's a big thing. Well, you know, you mentioned the ugly stick too, and I remember I when ugly sticks first came out because I'm older than dirt. And we used to love them because they were so tough, but they didn't have the sensitivity. But they've actually improved the weight and the sensitivity in the ugly stick now, but they're still tougher than nails. So you don't have to worry as much about the young youngster or even an older inexperienced angler, you know, busting the rod. It, it's, it's something that's durable, but yet quite fishable. Absolutely, especially for a guy that's throwing throwing either consistently moving lures or bait that's just going to sit there, either one of those, something that does require a tremendous amount of finesse. There's absolutely the the new the, the GX2 series and things like that. They've got a graphite component to them. They're not just fiberglass. They're considerably lighter and, and still reasonably accurate and things like that. So absolutely no reason to not get one, especially if it's going to bang around in the back of your pickup or you're going to be dropping it in the dirt on the bank. You don't want a high-end fishing rod to be sitting on the bank on a stick hoping your dog doesn't run it over while you're waiting for bait. So I think that perhaps there's a reason that the ugly stick is by far the number one selling rod in the country and uh, has been for many years. You know, another product I want to bring, to, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to buy combos, they're going to go fishing, and, and a lot of those combos will get you through for a year or two before you wear out the reel. But if you really want to have something can last you a little bit, you don't, you know, you and I are fortunate. We've had sponsors over the years supply us with some of the best equipment on the market. But I also used to get some of the middle-of-the-road stuff um, because it was so good these days. Uh, the, the Like the president from Pfluger, and there's a few from Abu the same way that some of these reels you can get from 50 to $75 and now you're moving up, but you get a reel that can last you years for a normal fisherman. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And, and to your point about the combos in the last three or four years, manufacturers have seen the light on, on the, the combo deal. And, you know, some of the stuff that's even getting more and more high end, like for instance, Jordan Lee, the, 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 you know, Jay Lee, the famous bass guy that won Bassmaster Classic two years in a row, young kid, They've come out with combos, uh, with his signature combos that are under 200 bucks, rod, reel, ready to go. But they're a very, very high-end, I mean, surprisingly high-end combo for the price range they're coming out at. And they're very well balanced. They're set up for specific things that he, you know, uh, set them up for. So a jig rod or a worm rod, whatever the case might be. So if you've got, maybe you've got a high school you know, bass angler on your uh, on your list or something, then something, you know, a combo like that would be a good choice. Uh, there's a whole slew of different ones, PLX combos, Zeta combos. There's a bunch of them that are much higher end than they used to be and still affordable. Great way to get uh, an all-around package and spread your money a little bit farther for sure. Um, and, and the beauty of them is you know you're going to get a rod and reel that are balanced and matched. They were designed to go together, and that's a key thing. 
Chad, we only got about a minute or two left, but I would assume you're kicking off a new television season after the first of the year. Tell us about it. Yes, sir, we are. Uh, believe it or not, the season 26 of Fishful Tinker Television. We're getting old, Terry. Uh, season 26 is going to debut here uh, first of the first week in January on both World Fishing Network and Altitude Sports. We've got 13 new shows uh, from everywhere from Alaska to Minnesota to South Dakota to Colorado, all over Colorado. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. Also, booking guide trips for next year. we got our permits in place, and we are. So if folks want to get a gift certificate, they can do that at FiscalThinker.com. And I'm personally going to cluster as many of them as I can in the end of May through the end of June, maybe the first week of July, uh, because I, have, I will stay home that time frame, and I'll stay on the lake a bunch. So if a guy wants to go on a guide trip, I'd love to take him. All right. My friend, if I don't talk to you before, you have a great Christmas. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get together soon and we'll have a holiday glass of wine or something. That sounds fantastic, Terry. Merry Christmas to everybody out there, and thank you for everything. All right. Chad Lachance, Fishful Thinker. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this show, and uh, I'll hang around for a few minutes. So stop by Jackson, see us. We're at Jack's Outdoor Gear at uh, Eisenhower and Wilson, the big one that used to be a K- Kmart. It's also a farm and ranch store. I'll hang around for a few minutes and uh, maybe say hi. So come in. I always love to meet people. We'll be back after this time out on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by in part by T-Mobile, who's out here with us on 104.3 The Fan. James Taylor. I just saw a concert with Jackson Brown and James Taylor in New Orleans. It may have been one of, it definitely was one of the top two or three concerts I've ever seen. And I used to be in the music industry and take part in a lot of concerts. I traveled and I've seen some of the greatest performers, but I was just blown away. I didn't under, understand what a great showman he was. That was just fantastic. He was, uh, and my love of music is just probably second only to my love of the outdoors, of course, other than my wife and producer, Karen. So we got to throw that in there. She's sitting next to me. I'll get in trouble. But it's the truth. Anyway, we wanna, before we uh, wrap things up, I did get a waterfall report from uh, uh, Brad Peterson. He said that it's a real yo-yo with the ducks right now. When we get a cold night like last night in the ponds freeze, the ducks are in the river. If they warms up and the ponds open up, they go from the river back to the ponds. And, of course, with these bluebird skies, they're flying high, but you can score some ducks. So don't be afraid to get out there. He says if pick a bad weather day, you're going to do better. Now, geese, he said there's just a lot of geese, and people are doing really well on the geese. So if you want to get out and waterfall, the geese might be your best bet. Um, we're not doing a show the next two weeks. Uh, Christmas and New Year's both fall on a Saturday, so we're not going to expect all the people that support this show to come in and work on it and our callers and our guests. We're going to let them have the holiday. But we'll be back January 8th, and January 8th actually will begin the beginning of our 25th year of doing this show. So I want to thank everybody who's out there who um, listens and supports this show and all the people that stop by. We're at Jack's Outdoor Gear right now on Eisenhower and Wilson in Loveland. We'll be around for a few minutes after we end the broadcast. Please stop by and say hi and wish us a happy holiday and uh, maybe share some of your thoughts about the show. Now, is Dan Jacobs in the studio? No, I am, Terry, and I have something for you real quick before you ask me your questions. All right. We were at the fan uh, VIP event uh, with that movie screening the other night. Yeah. And I'm not kidding, you know, because they had the special event. People won tickets and stuff. I had no less than two or three people actually that were like, 
where's Terry, the fishing guy? Can we meet the fishing guy? I'm like, I was like, now you think we could afford his talent fees for this deal? No, he's not here. I got, I got a story on when Irvin Joe used to, and they were dear friends of mine, when Irvin Joe used to do the show on our stations, and Joe came up to me one time, and he goes, I got a new neighbor, and he asked me what I do. And this is Joe and Irv at their their highlight, right, when they were in their, their prime. Right. And he goes, uh, well, I'm on the fan. He goes, oh, that's the station with that fishing guy. Joe said he had no clue who I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it is. But you know what? It's been good to me, Dan. In fact, heck, you go back. When did you start on the fan? The first year that uh, when the Avs won the Stanley Cup. I was still in high school with your uh, daughter, Tracy, at yep. Rangeview High School. Uh, we were seniors, and uh, they went on the air, and I was there. Um, I had a, done an internship at KOA, which enabled me to get a, a very high-paying job, a uh, minimum wage job here at the fan <laughs> as a board op yeah. that year. And I started um, the first, I think the very first broadcast of the outdoor show, I, I believe it was in February of 98, but I'm, I, you know, I lose track after all these years. Right. But it's been a long run, but hopefully, well, it looks like we're going to be back on the 8th. It looks like we got some sponsors, so somebody wants to wants to hear us. That's right. Now, I do have a question for you. I'm not even going to ask you a football question right now because I, I'm going to wait and see what happens with Cincinnati. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm not very optimistic, but I'm going to wait. But we're getting towards Christmas, and Karen and I always do a Christmas dinner. You see the food postings we do. I do a lot of cooking besides my grilling. I do a lot of appetizers, a lot of different types of dishes. What's your favorite thing? Now, I'm not going to be smoking, but on the grill, what would be your favorite Christmas dish that you would do on a grill? Favorite dish on a gr- on the grill? Well, I screwed up. <laughs> One year I had bad pellets on the pellet grill, so I screwed up like my uh, sister's um, stuffing and stuff. She got mad at me. So... On the grill, well, man, I do a lot of, I mean, I, you know, I do, like, a lot of steaks and stuff like that. You talk about not meat? Well, it could be meat, sure. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I do love, I do love that flat iron, man. I just love that. Just, if you're just talking about if I'm oh. just going to throw something on the grill, nice and easy, I just, you know, it'll probably just be that, the flat iron. It's, it's, flat iron. it's my favorite cut of steak, actually. I cook yeah. that more than any other steak. It's so meaty tasting. In fact, I'll kind of tell you what I'm doing for Christmas. I'm going to cook a flat iron steak, but then I'm going to make a pepper steak pasta with it. Mm, yeah. All right. Sounds well, what do you got coming up? Give us a preview real quick so I can wrap this up. Uh, well, I was down there, uh, your former employer or former uh, partner that we used to be with uh, the, the, the TV show. We used to be on Altitude. Um, I was down there for that hearing at the federal courthouse, Altitude versus Comcast. That'll be a big topic here in the first hour because a lot of – uh, a lot of fireworks kind of happened there. That was interesting. Um, so maybe there's a path forward, but I'm, now I'm not so encouraged now that Altitude put their spin out yesterday. So we're going to talk about that in the first hour. All right, my friend, I'll wrap this up, and you can uh, you can have this audience. You can have a Merry Christmas if I don't talk to you, Dan. You and Karen and the whole Wickstrom family as well. All right, thank you. We're, li- we're wrapping up Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We've been broadcasting live from the Jack's Outdoor Gear and Farm and Ranch in Loveland at the corner of Wilson and Eisenhower. I'll be around for a few more minutes here. If you want to stop and say hi, we'd love to see you. Um, we will not have a show the next two weeks because Saturday is Christmas Day and New Year's Day. We're not going to ask all the people it takes to put this on to come in and, and give, the, give up their holiday for that. But January 8th, we will be back. And we are starting our 25th year on the air, and it's all because you people 
listen to us, you support us, and we want to wish every one of you a tremendous happy Merry Christmas and a safe New Year's and enjoy the holidays and family. And if you get those outdoor gifts, go out and take advantage of them and take a kid with you, create a memory. We'll let the Eagles take us to Dan Jacobson Sports on 104.3 The Fan.